I'm Chuck. And Deb. And welcome to Biker Life Radio. We're so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We've got a very unique show that could be quite controversial lined up just for you. Biker Life Radio is for those who ride and those who inspire to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and bring real-life stories of the biker lifestyle. Okay, let's acknowledge the sponsor today, Deb. Today's show sponsor is Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs. So if you are ready to put your knees to the wind, seats in the saddle, chins on the wind, then hang on and let's get rolling. All right, rolling. well, let's just get rolling uh, so we've got a great show lined up. We've got a couple of great individuals. We actually had a gentleman by the name of Mr. Boothman. He actually contacted us based on the the last couple of shows that we've been doing on group riding. Yes. And he brought up what, Deb? He brought up the two-second and one-second rule and how we, we just briefly touched on that in one of our segments, but we didn't necessarily really discuss it in detail. Detail, yeah. So he thought that it was an important topic, which we would agree. And so he joined us. Now, a little bit about Mr. Boothman is he is a retired army uh, for 24 years and uh, is come from law enforcement, but he's he's ridden everything um, from Harley Davidson's to Honda. And now... Yeah, I just wanted to say, I'm looking at his his bio or resume or whatever it is that he sent over. He says that... uh, he was a retired civil service uh, for police officer and formerly a certified traffic a- accident and uh, inspector, investigator. investigator right. I'm sorry. And in addition to that, he actually taught the defensive driving course to approximately 700 military personnel. So if he is not safety driven, I don't know. And he's been riding motorcycles is. for 45 years. So That's right. And so he's got so a little bit of experience. And right now he's actually transitioned from the two wheels to three wheels and the, with the Polaris slingshot. So he brings a lot of great information to the table regarding not only two wheels, but three wheels as well. So that's one guest. And then we also have uh, Jim Wilder joining us. And Jim's background, again, 34 years retired Army, a great servant's heart, and 29 years with our local hog chapter. So again, he's been the director. He rides, uh, leads rides and is a ride leader. Um, has done all sorts of things and is just, a, again, a phenomenal wealth of information and experience to share with everyone regarding this topic. He's been riding since he was 10 and he's gone all over the country and he spent most of the time while he was in the Hawk chapter, probably as the director. As far as long as we've known him, uh, he, he had been the director for a number of years. So right. uh, we're going to have him on and we're going to go right there. We're going to get them on here in just a second, Deb. That's right. All right. So here we go. Let's go ahead and see if we can get everybody switched over and bring everybody on board. Hold on just a second. All right. We are kicking it into high gear today because we we thought we were done with group riding, but it's not over yet. Um, we actually had one of our listeners from another part of the U.S., which we'll talk about in a moment, um, ask some questions and make some great recommendations about talking about this one second, two second ride. So um, I figured what better way to just kind of put it out there and get it clear for everyone is just have a conversation. So I've invited Jim Boothman, which is our listener that gave that great suggestion and recommendation. So Jim should wave, even though yeah. it does have his name on there. There you go, Jim. So there Mr. is Boothman. Mr. Boothman joining us. And then our mentor and leader of many rides and group rides is a great friend of ours, Jim Wilder. So who better to have um, the other side in our local area is Jim Wilder. So we just wanted to kind of get together and all of us have a conversation. So Jim, Mr. Boothman, why don't you start off? 
And it was Mr. Boothman that contacted you, right? Correct. Yep. So that's where I wanted to start is really, you know, what, what prompted you to really talk and want to talk more about the two second, one second, you know, following distance and things like that with group writing? Well, the experience I've had writing is a lot of people really don't know how to use the two second or one second rule. Uh, in my previous history of, of safety, not only in the military, but in civilian life, the two second rule applies to any motion or any vehicle that you're driving. Uh, you can follow somebody, you don't know what the speed is, or you don't know what the distance is going to, I got to have you use a two-second rule. We can use a road sign uh, or a paint mark in the roadway or a bridge above or whatever, something fixed object. And obviously you can't use a shadow, but you use that two-second rule and it gives you a good, safe following distance. As in group riding, what we don't know is a motorcycle that may be to your right all of a sudden wants to move to the left and you don't know that. You can't read their mind. So the Two-second rule of the vehicle or the motorcycle that's directly in front of you uh, with a one-second distance between the vehicle or the motorcycle that's offset to your right, it gives you a means, a way out. Uh, I always try to drive defensively, both in my car and in my motorcycle. Of course, now I'm, I'm, I'm driving a, uh, what I call a Batmobile, a Polaris slingshot, uh, and it, it, there's a big difference even in the slingshot. Uh, I did have a tri-glide Harley 14 model. Uh, and when I got that tri-glide, I was also given a, a booklet from the uh, Motorcycle Safety Foundation that discusses the one-second, two-second rule, as well as gives them some, uh, some illustrations. So when I see that, if everybody would talk about that two-second rule, one-second rule before group rides during safety lectures, uh, by, by the hog chapter directors uh, or their road captains or whatever, uh, it, it has to stay on your mind all the time. You have to be aware of what's 360, what's around you, not just in front of you or to your left or your right. So that's kind of how I got into uh, saying, Deb, I love watching y'all's podcast, but then the group ride as you train the uh, the new riders, the, the, two, one, the one second, two second rule is, is a is a foundation of safety for riding in a group. Absolutely, great point. And that's why we thought it was a good idea to just go ahead and get you right on here, and we appreciate you bringing that to a, to our attention. And and before I forget, before we move too much forward, we wanted to thank you for the little gift that you sent to us in the mail. And we've actually got those flags displayed behind us here. Yeah. So thank you for taking the time to send that to us. It was very kind of you and thoughtful as well. So we really appreciate that, Mr. Boothman. Thank you. You're welcome. Sounds so common sense yeah. from a vehicle and and motorcycling. But I know in our experiences with Jim <laughs> Wilder, it's always been a conversation and not necessarily with us, but I know with among the group, there's always that discussion about is that really safe and is it viable? And so Jim, um, you know, share with you some of that experience because I know as, as a the leader of the local hog checker for as long as you were, you are very familiar with kind of some of those conversations. Well, I also think it was sort of funny, and Jim, when you do it, if you could remind me, because it seemed like you used to always get into it with somebody. Always, someone always seemed to dispute you on the, the one and two second rule. And I couldn't remember who it was because we tried to get them on too, because that would be for, you know, make some good. Oh, that, yeah. And, and I, the, you start, you bring up the two second rule and you brought up 
a whole world of, of, of issues. <laughs> Anybody in this group know where the two-second rule came from? Oh, good question. Yeah, that's a great point. No, I don't know that I do. Although well, I do know from, maybe the army. Yeah, I tried to find. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> the best I can come up with is Wikipedia, and it says the two-second rule is a rule of thumb. Remember that, by which a driver may maintain a safe traveling distance at any speed. This is that a driver should ideally stay at least two seconds behind any vehicle that is directly in front of his or her vehicle. This is intended for automobiles, although it in general principle applies to other types of vehicles. Some areas recommend a three-second rule instead of a two-second rule to give additional buffer. The two seconds is not a guide to safe stopping distance, it's more a guide to reaction times. So, if if you start, and I'm sure that Deb, when you're instructing your new riders, the reaction time is to get your hand onto the brake. Right. How long does that take? That's the first part of the reaction time in the two seconds. Right. Right. So, again, everybody's reaction time is different. Mm -hmm. uh, some people actually ride with their hand on the front brake along with the throttle, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which reduces the reaction time. So keeping that in mind, uh, at 40 miles an hour, your stopping distance is 65 feet. Wow. 65 feet. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that's, so the bike in front of you locks up his brakes. How long does it take you to lock up your brakes? One second, two seconds, three seconds? That reaction. So it's an individual issue of reaction time. Mm -hmm. My reaction time, once again, at 69, is not as good as it was when I was 50. Mm -hmm. right. So the other thing is two seconds and this is where we the issue is has always come in it's 70 miles an hour because you're on an interstate you're going to travel 103 feet per second hmm. so two seconds that's going to be approximately 205 feet between you and the bike in front of you hmm. okay Okay, 205 feet. So think about this. You, you got a tractor trailer next to you. You're going to be leaving enough room for three tractor trailers to pull in between you and the bike in front of you. Is that a good thing? Mm. Yeah, not in group riding, as you know. Well, you know, that just a few bikes could extend, <laughs> you know, well, miles this, long. Yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. So, I mean, and it goes at the lower speeds. I think is it's more appropriate. Twenty-five miles an hour. You're thirty-seven feet per second. So two seconds, you're traveling seventy-three feet. And at twenty-five miles an hour, it takes you approximately thirty feet to stop. Yeah. The other thing that we have to take into consideration is the type of bike that you're riding. I ride a newer 2019 Street Glide Special. 
it has new safety features that Harley's coming out with, anti-lock brakes. There's all sorts of uh, the electronic sensors where both the wheels spinning are, are tied together. Uh, that's going to improve your, your stopping distance. Do you need to have six you know, or four semis between you and the bike in front of you if you're on the interstate? Can't imagine. Seen it happen. <laughs> well, yeah, because once you really get into this argument, and I go, okay, that's where the argument comes in, right? Right. And I start doing the two-second rule. Right. Lower speeds, it works better. It, 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 but today, I let a ride to breakfast. Speed limits ranged from 25 miles an hour to 60 miles an hour. Okay. So it's very easy to do a two-second rule. 1,001, 1,002, and that's how far apart I need to be. Right. And then as the lead, ride leader, I'm trying to find the bikes behind me because we're getting ready to go through a traffic light. There's four cars in between us or more uh, with, with eight bikes. If we close up that gap, I don't lose track of the bikes. Correct. Controversy. Yeah. What is, is what distance? Let's let's ask Mr. Boothman if he has any feedback on that because that's a you you that's a good place, right? Well, I think the the two second rule and and Jim, well, I agree with what you're saying in regards to the speed. However, the the following distance is relative the vehicle or the bike in front of you is got to stop too. But your reaction time, just to digress a minute. The the defensive driving National Safety Council defensive driving course determines the average reaction time in an automobile is three quarters of a second. Mm -hmm. Now that was so many years ago when I was younger. Like you say, uh, I'll be seventy two next week, so I'm I'm getting up there myself. Ahead of me, three years. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the uh, uh, the the. The speed of a, of a vehicle that's in front of you, his reaction time may be slower than yours, may be faster. But the braking on a motorcycle, I've always used both brakes when I stop, whether I'm doing 20 miles an hour or 75 miles an hour. Uh, yes. My last uh, two-wheel uh, was the uh, uh, Ultra Classic that did have anti-lock brakes on it. And I thank goodness I have them on there, or I had it on there, because if I didn't have any lock brakes, I wouldn't be sitting here with y'all today. Uh, a short story, if I can interject here, second uh, so Davis. Uh, my wife and I were en route to Northwest Arkansas. We went through a town called Mena, Arkansas, which is part of the uh, Wilhelmina uh, Trail ride up to there, and that's part of the Calamina Rally Cruiser St. Jude's run. But uh, a uh, speed lane was 35, four lane road. I was in the outside lane, and a little old lady and her friend in a full-size Lincoln Town car pulls out of the Sonic drive-in, and I'm about maybe one and a half car lengths away from her pulling out. I hit both brakes. Wheels didn't lock up, but my wife went forward. I was pressed against the windshield. My left face was against the windshield, but we didn't have a collision. And... I have to admit that I was not a real happy camper. 
uh, a red traffic light turned red and I pulled up next to them and the lady in the passenger seat did not move her head left or right. She maintained a forward position. She knew what was happening, what could have happened. So, but, uh, the, uh, the, the following distance were in a, in the group ride. Uh, we recently had uh, a funeral service for a Marine Corps veteran uh, who was also a road captain for our rally. Uh, well, not my rally, but that was consistent. Uh, and we had uh, probably 160 bikes, uh, two lane roads, interstate highways, and we kind of got split up a little bit. But, but we were uh, to, to see all these vehicles, all the motorcycles that were in a, in a staggered formation going down the highway. Keeping a proper distance was just like beautiful sunset in the afternoon. Uh, and, uh, but the, the following distance, again, cars come in, the staggering positions enables you to be safe when a vehicle may try to come into your formation. And I'm sure uh, uh, the other jammers had that experience too, where people, what you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, that you know, people will tend to jump into your formation. They're in a big hurry. and. Unfortunately, the attitude of a lot of people toward a group of bikers uh, is somewhat less than desirable. Uh, but as, as Neil Jones, our director of the rally, says, that group of people are riders on, on bikes. Those ones may be in a benefit ride that are collecting money to donate to an appropriate cause, whether it be the, the St. Jude's or the Shriners uh, or cancer uh, or whatever, autistic children. But uh, the, uh, the the distance thing is is something that sometimes is not really covered properly by a lot of safety or road captains and go from there. So uh, throw my two cents in there, Jim. I'm sorry to take any steam away from your comments. Oh, there. No, no. And once again, it's it's a continuing argument because yeah. once again, uh, is it safe to, as you're traveling to have all the cars mixed in? With, and it's going to happen. Right. Uh, and now you've got a car that's no longer keeping a two-second distance on the bike, and there everything gets all jammed up. So is it safer to have the bikes closer together and ha not have the cars in there? Or is it safer to have the separation for the bikes and put two cars in there? Right. Uh, if I can answer that question, uh, Chuck, is, is there is recommendation that you have a lot of bikes. Uh, and I've been in, in, in uh, bike rides where we've had upwards of 600 bikes. And they had uh, local police department, motorcycle squadrons, uh, blocking intersections for the entire ride. Uh, it was the best for retro ride in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's a dwindle down. There's not that many bikes participating in it. But uh, the uh, the need to keep that distance, uh, even in that amount of people, the two second rule would still apply. But the, uh, the you know if you, if you figure the distance should be including the stopping distance, then yeah, it's not realistic. But uh, the uh, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation does recommend, as I I can't tell you what page it is here, uh, that you've got a large number of bikes, is you divide up into Subgroups yeah. are, are different groups, so you don't just all ride together Absolutely. and uh, go from there. So now, our and I, I referenced the the, the Talamina rally. We had uh, because of the COVID nineteen, uh, the attendance was down, uh, but we still had approximately one hundred and forty bikes participate. 
And uh, we wrote as a group. Uh, again, each city we went through, uh, local law enforcement had traffic stop and knew what we were doing and what the purpose of the ride was for. And most and the people in that area knew what we were doing too. So, but uh, because of rain on the Saturday, we had to cancel everything, or the director did, not me as such. But because uh, I'm just a participant, is all that, just like Chuck and Deb is. So, <laughs> but it's. Uh, <laughs> But we were we were looking forward to having Chuck and Deb come up to visit okay. and uh, go from there. Yeah, we'll make it next year. That's the for plan sure. for sure. We'll so. put that plan in motion already, so that's a good thing. And uh, I can only imagine the beauty up there. So, that's but you guys not only was the ride great, but you guys raised like sixty eight thousand dollars. That was incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It really was. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, Jim, back to you, I guess. Well. And, and we could go back and forth forever. I mean, I've been in rides. Uh, yeah, Toys for Tots when we did that. The teddy bear run where we did that, where there was, you know, we had a thousand bikes. Uh, and they wouldn't let us maintain the two-second rule because they're, uh, instead of being a mile-long ride, it was a three-mile-long group of, uh, motorcycles. I, I, I've ridden uh, in D.C. for oil run there, where there's I don't know how many thousands of bikes, mm-hmm. and two second rule is not maintained there. Right. I, and once to me, and what I iterate repeatedly as a as a ride leader when we get ready to go out and ride, ride to your ability. I mean, how many times have you heard me say that? Right. Right. Because if I know my reaction time is three seconds instead of a second, I'm going to allow more space between me and the bike in front of me because that three seconds potentially at 25 miles an hour is is 90 feet. That's incredible. Before I actually apply the brakes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. That's your reaction time from the time you, oh, wow, something just happened in front of me and I need to stop. Right. Once again, my bike is is a newer bike, newer technology. I grab the front brake and front brake only. I apply brakes to both front and rear. Okay. Great. Which stops me with anti-lock brake systems. I don't start to slide. I have a earth-shattering slowdown where I'm <laughs> screaming at myself for being so stupid that I had to do that. <laughs> so, I, yeah, forever we can go back and forth on two-second rule. And if that's what you're comfortable riding, then I support you 100%. Right. Because that's your level of comfort. Right. And I, I think like I said, Deb, I, I've watched you uh, with your students and how you teach them, which is the most important thing, is tra- training those people that have never ridden before or ridden, didn't have their endorsement, uh, the proper way of riding and dealing with it. I, when I, I've been riding since I was 10 on some sort of two-wheel motorized vehicle. I never had an endorsement, so I had to go get it at 50. Mm-hmm. Well, my instructor 
thank goodness it wasn't. You kept beating me. Because, <laughs> you know, I I do one of his fancy turns, and I'm like <laughs> my knee along the you know, like I used to when I was racing. You can't do that. <laughs> you know, but then I've looked behind me and seen somebody with ape hangers in the air with a grin on their face that definitely wasn't two seconds behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know who that could have been. I'm that not was, sure. That sort of speech. I didn't recognize him. The uh, smile was too big. Yeah, you can't recognize him now with all that yeah. facial hair. That's for sure. So. so you both have brought up breaking, and so what I'd like to do is, uh, writer, coach Deb, what, well, do, what are you teaching him? Before the class? before we go to breaking, I'd really like to talk about that two second rule because mo okay. the Motorcycle Safety Foundation's stance on group riding is that it's really something for a more experienced rider. They don't recommend a brand new rider go out and group ride. And I had, for the longest time as a coach, I was conflicted with that because I believe we, I learned so much from group it riding, really did. but I also have experience. to remember that I had a great group and, that, and Jim Wilder, you're part of that great group because, and just what started this whole conversation off a couple of weeks ago is I had a student in class that had a less than desirable experience with a very large group and they brought that to my attention in class, and we had really good conversations about it. And so that was, to me, what really kicked it off. But I think the key is, is one, it's the leadership's role, and this is just my belief, it's not how everyone does it, but to, to educate and guide the group on how they can expect the ride to go. And part of that is that safety briefing, which talks about the two-second rule. Also, I think that every rider has a responsibility, and if they're not comfortable, if it is their first group ride or they're not sure about group riding quite yet, is one either attend a course to learn about it, and I know that our local hog chapter provides that, or two, have that communication with the ride leader at that time so that they can put you in the right position knowing the majority of the group. Now, I know we've led rides before, and I would probably say I know the majority of the people in the ride and how they ride. So if I had a new rider, I may position them toward the back where the sweep could really watch them more closely, where they could take more distance in space and not impact the group in such a large way. So, you know, there are dynamics, I think, to group riding that experienced riders need to kind of take that responsibility too. So um, that's my two cents. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, but also, yeah. go ahead, Mr. Boothman. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. In, in, in the group rides, and, and I'm sure you have found this out too, they're, they're, the experienced riders have either one or the other position to take in the ride, either up to front, behind the leader, or be the leader, or they want to be in the back. Yes. Uh, <laughs> since, since I ride a wide-bodied beach motorcycle now, in, in Texas it's called an auto cycle, uh, is I've kind of been relegated to the back of the, of the group ride, and I'm really kind of enjoying it, but the only drawback. And I'm sure that Jim's saying this, and you've seen it too, David, is I've been in rides where the speed limit is 55 on the highway, and I'm doing 75 to 80 to keep up or to catch up, and all of a sudden it's the according effect comes right. into play. Right. So, and that's, that's some, some guys, are, and with all respect to, to Deb, uh, I'll say some writers want to get on their bikes and just open the throttle and go. If they're in the front, they can't do it. In the back, they have a chance to do it which is unsafe to me, but whatever. Anyway, uh, 
Yeah. That's the two cents on that. <laughs> I like that. You brought up and you called it the accordion effect. And I've also called it, uh, had it, heard it called the rubber band effect. Yes. Back, you know, it's back and forth, you know, it's like off and on, you know, and people are not keeping the pace as is. So. Well, part of that is in training your ride leader. Uh, as a ride leader, I come up to a stop sign and make a turn left or right. When I make that turn, if I roll the throttle up to the speed limit, I've got bikes that haven't even made it to the stop sign yet. Right. So when I go around that corner, you've ridden with me, I do 25 miles an hour and keep a look behind me till I see the last bike come around the corner, then slowly go up to the speed limit. There you go. Right. That stops that part of it because, once again, I've been on rides where I'm next to the last bike and, and have to do 85 miles an hour to catch up. Correct. So is the ride leader, there's a couple of things that they need to be taught. Go around the corner, don't immediately go up to the speed limit. Right. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of responsibility, I think, uh, as being a road captain or the ride, ride leader. leader. For sure. One other thing I know that I talk about in my class, because I have personally experienced that, is passing as a group. And we haven't really talked about that either. That's a whole you know, topic, passing, probably. you know, an 18-wheeler as a group, because in some of the group rides we've been on, the lead bike or two will pass and then quickly get in front of the, the truck and slow up, not realizing that the rest of the 5, 10, 12 bikes need to, to still have to continue in. to pass that. So that throttle, you know, again, and, and I talk about the no zones and all that sort of stuff in class to help educate people. But that's one thing I know from a personal experience that we have, I have personally experienced. I will certainly take ownership of that. And it's a frustration because you don't realize the gap in front of that 18-wheeler they don't have any visibility for a good long distance out in front of that nose of the truck. And so we've got to keep that momentum moving. And I know my arms are all moving. I'm talking with my hands. Um, but, you know, the group's got to be safe before it gets over. And it's not about just getting over in front of the truck real quick. So. And so can we answer, can we go back to the question about the brakes real quick? Because we are getting a little bit low sure. on time. Yeah, brakes. Um, Anti-lock brakes. I know, Jim, you, you are riding with them. And I'm sure that Mr. Boothman's riding with them as well. Uh, definitely, you know, and, and again, from class, I have people come say, you know, I was, I've always been taught to not use this front or the rear brake, and they're taught one or the other. And so, I, I, let's go to that real quick, because you <laughs> okay. had somebody in the class, this was like a little controversy for you in class, somebody was told they should never use their front brake, was that right? Did I've I have had, that right? I've had actually, the last two classes, there's been well, one person in each of the classes, and I went, <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? Not use your front dirt bike. You disconnect the front brake. There you go. <laughs> because you hit that front brake and it's up and it digs in and you and the bike go tumbling down the trail. Right. You don't use the back. So that's where that comes from is from dirt bike riding. Okay. Now there's also something I have found to be pretty common for dirt bike riders. If you do use your front brake, do you have any idea if you have your hand around there? how you reach for that front brake as a dirt bike rider? I'm not sure I'm following. I don't remember because I didn't use the front <laughs> You didn't use it at all. I know from, from teaching what I have find is a very consistent pattern oh, is fingers. the two finger braking rather than the entire hand braking. Ah. And so again, a safety, me, safety conscious, I have to constantly course correct people and retrain that thinking. You actually have less control with those two fingers then you do the entire hand in the braking process. 
And if you go down, guess what's going to happen to these bad boys? <laughs> Whoops. So again, it's just a safety thing. You put the two fingers over the front brake. So if you hit a bush or something, you still got the others to use on the brake. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that technique. <laughs> well, it's a safety thing. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's important because, you know, I, from a braking perspective, you 70% of your braking power on the street motorcycles comes from your front brake. Right. And if you're not using that in conjunction with the rear, you're totally missing the mark. And one of the examples in the class is an actual braking exercise in relationship to an intersection. And so I love that part of the exercise because it shows them with a one second delay at just 15 and 25 miles an hour, how much that exactly. one second increases. And you could be all the way through the intersection. What so. Jim was talking about sharing earlier about exactly. how long does it takes to stop, you know? That's right. Yeah. Absolutely right. So Deb, is this, this is another one. So what about braking and, uh, I don't know, I would call it downshifting. Somebody else oh, might call it something else. Engine braking. Engine braking, my okay. favorite topic. Yes or no? If you ride behind me, you won't see my brake light a lot of the time. I, I use the transmission. Especially yeah. on Go ahead, Jim. roads, you know me. We're up in the mountains riding through there. I'm using the transmission. Yeah. Mr. Boothman? Yes, I use even on my uh, slingshot. I use the uh, five speed, and it's I call my slingshots between a go kart and a sports car. You're, <laughs> you're sitting there, it's, it's of course side by side, passenger to driver. And uh, the, the front end, you've got a you've got a uh, General Motors 2.4, 173 horsepower motor, and it'll pick up and go. But the only drawback is the back wheel is the only traction you got. So if you lose it on the traction in the back end, you're going to spin or go off somewhere, which I did in 2016. So it was tough. We were, matter of fact, it was a hydroplane problem. Uh, in, in the area that I, that, that I live in, is a lot of our roads are rutted. That is, you can see where the wheels of four car or the four wheels of a car are in uh, the slingshot. The front wheels are in those ruts, and the back one's on top of the high center. So you either take the shot at uh, water or take the shot at the oil and stuff build up. And uh, I was doing less than 30 miles an hour, and there was just no hope. Uh, we went off to the side on an embankment. Luckily, there was no uh, drainage abutments uh, or, or any kind of obstacles. And we, we slid sideways for about, I'd say, 200 feet or longer. And I finally got it back up on the road. There was no shoulder. Uh, whatsoever. We were going to Memphis, matter of fact. Uh, but, but it was, uh, even even now, they remember that that problem. Uh, as, as, as the other Jim knows, uh, a monsoon rain is something that's so heavy, you can't see your hand in front of your face at times. Uh, and that's what this rainstorm was, a monsoon. Uh, and uh, brought back some bad memories, but Told my wife to look out for the fog line on the side of the road. If you see it, fine. If you don't see it, I'll move to the left. You, or if if you see me get away from it, I'll move back to the right. And uh, but it was just it was that bad. So nice. but you always have to watch out for those ruts anyway, whether you got three or two wheels. Right, yep, for absolutely. sure. So it's all those range frog stranglers down here in the south. What are they, Jim? Frog stranglers. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. I thought, why well, we call them a squall or something like that, but a frog. <laughs> yep. 
frogs strangler because they're good so much. <laughs> the frogs drown. They can't, you know, can't keep up with it. Gotcha. I call them frog floaters. <laughs> yep. yep, and we've had those from on the way back from Atlanta for oh, sure. Boy, that they were oh, yeah. stalling out a few motorcycles there. I, I remember Janine riding behind Chuck and yeah. Yeah. losing the engine because the, it, too much water got into the intake. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was crazy. coming down. Yep. And I, too, am one that uh, I use, what's it called? Engine braking. Engine braking. Mm-hmm. I downshift. I actually, I'll, I'll sometimes, uh, most of the time, depending, not but a lot of times I use all three. So I use my front brake and I use my bra- my rear brake and I downshift depending on the situation. And if I'm going to stop fast, I use all three. If I have to stop fast and I know I'm going to have to stop fast, well, I'm using everything I've got. But Deb, is that the right thing? Well, I think she's, she told me, she corrected me the know, other day. I, I believe that I engine brake from time to time too. And I understand it. And I under, especially mountainous terrain, it makes perfect sense. Um, for a new rider, though, I'm a little hesitant to talk too much about it because what you're not doing, and from a safety standpoint, what you're not doing is signaling to the vehicles behind you or the motorcycles behind you that you are slowing down and stopping. So, again, using all those visual indicators that you can to help you stay safe. And so, and it's creating that muscle memory. In an emergency. You teach him hand signals? No, we do not. Actually, Motorcycle Safety Foundation does not really go over hand signals, so that's but, a good thing. But there is a product, and we interviewed the owner of that product uh, last week yes. that would help in that situation. And from what I understand, what he told us, Deb, correct me if I'm wrong, it'll be able to uh, sense whether the back bike is slowing down or not. So it'll put, it's a brake helmet that you put on the back of your helmet, a light that you put on the back of your helmet. And so as you decelerate... The light will come on. Correct, yeah. So it has a sensor in there. They so actually not should only, have them on bikes as well. Right, yeah. So pretty neat device, and we're getting ready to, to do some major testing out on that baby. <laughs> <laughs> so very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's so much to discuss. Once you start getting into this topic, but we can go all over the place. I mean, the rubber band effect, the accordion effect, the braking, uh, the the shifting and passing. There's, there's a lot to group riding. There really right. is. Yes. The most important thing is the ride leader making sure that everybody on the ride understands the rules and signals where you're going uh and and make sure that everybody's paying attention mm-hmm. absolutely and, uh, and ride to your ability that's right exactly and most importantly ride and have fun yeah yes i you know you take somebody that comes out of your your rider's edge class I know they've been qualified to ride the motorcycle, but I wouldn't take them through the dragon behind me. No. There's a slight difference. Yes, big difference. Chuck, Deb, Jim here. I guess the one word that could sum up, uh, in addition to what the other Jim said, is communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to communicate to your other riders, and to do that, those brake lights, turn signals, uh, but also if you look ahead in the group ride, look, don't look just at the vehicle or the motorcycle right in front of you. Look down the center of the formation. So you can see brake lights coming on. You knew the big things might be happening ahead of you, so you have to watch Good out. Good point. Huge point. Big point. You're yes. absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, that uh, again, this opens such a world of things that we could talk about when it comes to motorcycle riding and motorcycle safety and how to appropriately ride. Because, yeah, you're right. 
we want to keep an eye on what's not just what's in front of us. And there is that. And I, I, I've had, I'll be the first to admit I'm the, I'll get back and I'm following somebody and I'm just enjoying the ride. Right. And I'm just focusing on whatever's in my head and I'm not really paying attention. You know, I forget what there's a there's target, that we call target it. fixation. And so I'm just relaxing in the ride, you know, and so I do have, and I have to bring myself back into it, you know. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've looked back and seen you a half mile, three quarters of a mile back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there beside me, but you're way back there. In his own little world, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. You got to keep awake. You got to pay attention. You got to be looking up the road. You got to know right. what's, you know, not just in front of you, but, you know, half mile down the road is, if you possibly can. That's whatever. absolutely I don't know right. what the rules are, but. Uh, yeah. So it's been a great discussion. I think a lot more can come out of this. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's it's been like a little panel here when when uh, we, we got Mr. Boosman, uh, uh his message and he brought up this topic. And like Deb said, we happened to think of Jim uh, Wilder because it was just such a it was just so every time he came up, there was this huge discussion. It, was, it wasn't this discussion. It was almost like an argument, you know, yeah. and it was like nobody ever won. <laughs> so, I, to, to me, the most impressive thing is at 70 miles an hour, which is not uncommon for us to ride at, in two seconds, you travel 205 feet. That is incredible. Phenomenal. In two seconds. To put that, that in That's almost, it's two-thirds of a football field. Right. Right. Oh. So, yeah. It, it does that's give a lot of space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you say it that way, it, it, it does something to your mind, or at least it does to my mind, uh, because I hadn't thought of it that way before, you know, yeah. I haven't, I haven't really... it's like, you know, I tried to relate it to something. So I said, semis, uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, 205 feet, an average semis, 48 feet. So that's the trailer. Wow. Uh, so you're looking at that and you could fit five of those in there. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. And you and the bike in front of you. Think about it. Yeah. That's great, great analogy to give a real great visual perspective on really what riders are dealing with at those speeds. In, in some areas, recommend three seconds. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Yep. So the person that's beside me is who I'm worried about. The person that's in front of me, I'm sure, is worried about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Chuck, you can ride beside me anytime you want. I'm <laughs> going to fall asleep and I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> but but that, it's safety is, is knowing the people you're riding with, yes. paying attention, looking down the middle of, of the group to look for brake lights, looking at the side roads to see the cars coming at you. Uh, I have a rule that if I see a car coming up a side road, I want to see their eyes. If I see their eyes, I know they've at least looked in my direction. Right. But my habit is when I'm coming up to an intersection, I see a car, I take my hand and put it on the brake. <laughs> that just cut my reaction time from two seconds to one second. Okay. Yep. Uh, so there's little things that we can do. That in, in the argument, Jim, you and I will argue for the next 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> and when I've had enough, I'm going to come to Texas and strangle you. 
You're welcome to come on anytime, Bubba. <laughs> now, oh, by the way, Jim, I did. I didn't. I don't think Deb said I did spend ten years in law enforcement working for the army. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a personal problem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get very patriotic. Uh, the first of each month, if oh, you know what I mean. You. Yes, sir. I get. I get my. Family. I did. Did 34 years in the reserve, so I wasn't active duty, but uh, I get my check every month. And, and yeah, I'm your ID card the same as mine. <laughs> Retired, yes, exactly. <laughs> they can say whatever they want. That's it. When I was a uh, maintenance company commander, I would take my unit out in the, in the in the bush, and we would convoy out, and my drivers would take a magic old grease pencil. If you remember them, Jim. Oh yeah, and you would you would get that fifty meters ahead of the vehicle in front of you. You make a little box, and you kept that vehicle inside that box. And if it got outside the box, you're too close. But if it got with too small in the box, you're too far away. So it was a good means to keep the distance. It stretched out about two and a half miles with all the vehicles that I had. So oh yeah, they didn't like me on the highways. Remember doing the night moves when you had the you had the four triangles? Oh, you yeah. You had four, too far away, you had one, just right, you had two. That's right. I, I, we didn't there. realize that yeah. night, driving. I'm not sure how much time we got left, but I need to share a story with y'all that, that is hilarious. Uh, in, my, in my riding experience, I've ridden Hondas, uh, of course, Harleys and uh, Polaris slingshots. But one of the bikes I had was a Motor Guzzi. Oh, great bike. Great bike. Uh, yeah. I had a, you know your bikes, Jim. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, Motor Guzzi in 71 made a 750 and an 850. Uh, my father-in-law had a love of motorcycles, and he was a traveling salesman. Small town in Arkansas, Camden, Arkansas, was a dealership for Motor Guzzi. He went by there, and he saw one he liked. He talked the dealer and letting him put it on the layaway. Never heard of that in all my experience of buying stuff. But he didn't tell his wife it was on layaway. Took her out one time and went by there and they saw that motorcycle. He pointed it out to her and said, look, I can get this for half price. She said, well, go ahead and get it. So he got his motorcycle. It took him a year to get it, but he got his motorcycle. And... God bless his soul. He never told her and took her to his grave. <laughs> so if, if you want a new motorcycle, Deb, uh, you, you don't watch out if he, if he puts one on layaway. Okay. All right. Now I know the way it works. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was a layaway. And I bought that motorcycle from him uh, several years later. And it was the 850. I had the 750, Ambassador 750. I and it, it was something. They were there. Yeah. The only other thing I like better than the motor guys is the, is the BMW with the shaft drive. Yeah. 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 The, the, uh, the motor goose, they had a shaft drive. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't much bigger than your pinky. And so he went to the quill shaft. So he got to the end to the, uh, uh to the sprocket. Yeah. Then it wound up a little bit bigger. So tuned up like a 49 Chevy. <laughs> so what's up next, Chuck and Deb? Well, we're going to wrap it up, I guess, here, because yeah. we've covered quite a bit. It's been great. We're going to have yeah, to have you. I think we'll have to have you guys so back on. I think so. You guys are a good mix together. Yeah. Jim's and Jim's. <laughs> J and J. Hey, you can't go wrong with Jim, can you? Nope. 
Apparently not. No. Deb, you have to give it a chuck, though. It's just Jim, Jim, and Deb. <laughs> I always have that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chuck you know, and Deb, uh, I appreciate uh, Go ahead, Jim. I just uh, known Chuck and Deb for many years, ridden all over the United States with them. A lot of miles. Uh, I guess the fond memory of him riding up beside me going, I think my back tire's got something wrong with it. Five minutes later, head flat. That was going down again. Yeah. Yeah. There's been some stories. That's one of those ones. That's the story. There's lots of stories. Yeah. Cherry Deb, I want to say I appreciate y'all inviting me to participate in it. And I hope I was able to contribute a little bit and get everybody to understand the uh, the uh, advantage of using something like the one and two second rule for safety. And uh, Jim Walter, my pleasure to, to meet you, sir. And uh, uh, thank you for what uh, you've done for motorcycle safety. Yep. I know Chuck and Deb are really ahead of us, but uh, I appreciate y'all letting me participate. Well, well I think so that for taking the time out of your rule is very important. It gives everybody the basic design to separate between bikes. And it puts yeah. the emphasis on keeping a safe distance between you and the bike in front of you. Right. And that's what the way I feel about it. Very important. There you yep. go. Absolutely yeah, got to right. have it. Well, Mr. Booth, been a pleasure having you on board. Good meeting you uh, over video. We right. hope to see you and get to meet you. Face-to-face uh, next year. At the very least, next year right. at uh, Talamina Ride. And uh, so, been a, been a real great time having you here. Yes, totally. And, so, and, and, of course, my, my brother, Jim. From the other mother. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's, that's a show in itself explaining that one yeah we'll just leave them all hanging for the next time then so thank you both for being here we have had a i've had a it's great, been a great show a lot, a lot show. of good information we can keep going you know yes. that both of you oh, know yeah. that. we yeah. keep going and going because there's so much to cover and that's what we'll do that's what i was thinking deb we could try to do these every every so often every once right. in a while maybe we get one of these we get you guys to come back on and uh, sort of go for it because I think it's educational and really, you know, part of our show is really to reach out to those people who want to ride, mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, of course the experienced riders as well, they can learn a lot. Uh, but it's also to reach those people who have a desire to ride. They might be sitting on the fence. Do I really want to do this? And so we want to encourage them to give it a chance, give it a shot, go take the class, go get involved and get out there and get a bike and give it a shot. Because as we all know, that's on here, it is fantastic. It is just life begins when you get one right it's just it's just so life-changing it's a lifestyle that we all love that we get out there and it's for me it's complete freedom mm -hmm. so that's what sort of what we want to make sure we get across to people as well yeah. i thought about it i joined hog 29 years ago goodness yep yeah so, in a long time mm -hmm. yes sir all right. right deb take us out i guess all right well thank you gentlemen and be sure and Stay tuned. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, everybody. See y'all later. All right. Well, we really appreciate those guys being with us. What What a – I love the panel. It was a panel idea I had, yeah. and I love the idea about having a panel on here. And it actually worked out. We didn't know it was going to work out this way. We had no idea, but there were opposites, right? You know, I mean, there was the same. Some are, some commonalities, there was, but yeah, there was the same conversation. But there was, you know, you, what do you do with the with the two second rule? Do you really gap like Jim was saying? How many, how many uh, 
Right. Five I, 18 wheel 18 side truck. Yeah. 18 wheelers. I mean, that's imagine. just, I, I couldn't Goodbye. ride that way. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that, that wouldn't be me. It wouldn't feel like your group riding in my perspective. If that's you're true. That far apart. So, and that might explain why I've seen a lot of the things I've seen too. Maybe. And everybody's got to ride their own ride and that's okay. That's absolutely right. Doesn't mean you, you know, some people are made for a group and some people aren't. Right. And you know, I, I ideally, I think I would like to ride a smaller group, yeah. you know, less than 10 bikes. Um, and again, the more you ride with some people, then you start to it's adapt to how each better. other rides. And that's, you know, it's almost like that fine tuned, well-oiled machine. You just know how each other are going to react and what you're looking for. And you just are in more, more in sync. That's they for were sure. great. We really appreciate them both being on. So and by the way, if you have any comments, if you're watching this video on Facebook or you listen to the podcast, make sure you let us know. You can do it, uh, probably give a review on podcast, uh, Apple podcast, right. um, iTunes. Wh whatever platform you're listening to us on comment. Let us know if you got something out of this. If you didn't, if we needed to cover something better, or if you have some positive input, let us know. Let us know. And so you have a topic do it on the too. video as well. So that's right. Do. So you can also leave us a message by going to the Chuck and uh, click to leave us a voicemail message. We would love to have that air for yeah, you. Put that we on there. Put that too. on the air. That'd be great. And then also you can join our local biking community, which we've got thousands of people on that group and share lots of pictures, stories, all sorts of fun stuff. But that is on the Chuck and Deb show and on Biker Life Radio. So be sure and connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. Was that Biker Life Radio on Facebook? Or? On Facebook, yes. Okay, and so Chuck and Deb Show. That's how you can Facebook. find us uh, with Biker Life Radio and the Chuck and Deb Show as well, as Chuck and Deb is part of Biker Life Radio. Yep. All right. That's that it. it. That's All right. it. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us, and we really appreciate you. Hope you enjoy the show. Please provide us some feedback. And until next week, which will be should be a special should be very special. Very special. So you, you want to tune in. If everything goes tuned. as planned, stay tuned. Come back and join us next week. Thanks a lot so much for listening. We do appreciate you very much. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. On the road.